Hello, and welcome to Learn It From a Layman. My name is Carl Christensen. I'm joined tonight by Matt, and we have a special guest joining the podcast for the first time. Michelle Christensen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super excited that Michelle's able to join. Um, Michelle, I don't think you can hide like relationship here. We share the same last name, so uh, I <laughs> and you look the aren't same. you right away? Right away, we're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Michelle, thanks for coming on. Michelle's background here is we're tonight. We're going to be talking about the basics of uh, art and uh, being an entrepreneur. And Michelle has a lot of experience in this area, so uh, Michelle's going to be able to teach us a little bit about uh, about designer questions and being uh, business questions and all of all of that. Um, so, M Michelle, you want to give us a little background about? Um, I knew you first as, as an artist, so uh, kind of what what took you from art and and to where you are now. Um. So I have always been interested in art since I was very small and I always kind of aspired to be uh you know an artist and create a creative in some way um but I studied uh illustration at, at BYU and I got my BFA in illustration and then um I started working at a newspaper as an in-house illustrator, and um, I was really passionate about, uh, you know, telling stories with my drawings, and um, so that was kind of a perfect job to, uh, you know, start out, because I would get my illustrations published every week through the, through this, uh, through Deseret News, um, and that was really great, and then um, I actually quit that job because they were laying off of like 60, I think it was like 60% of their staff. Um, this was like 2009. So I booked a one-way ticket to Paris and I was like, I've always wanted to live in Paris. I took French throughout high school and middle school. And I just was, you know, like, I'm going to, going to go and live there for a while. And so it was very spontaneous. Uh, and I don't think I planned it super well, but I, <laughs> And then I was like, okay, now, now I need to figure things out where I'm going to stay. And, um, there was an artist out there, a, a Russian artist actually, um, who, you know, took apprentices and or artist assistants, you know? And so I was like, I contacted, contacted him and I said, Hey, can I come like, you know, work for you? And he said, sure, you know, you can do a, um, I have a commune, you can live here and work for me. And I was like, okay. So I made, uh, you know, I had a few contacts out there that I, you know, stayed with when I first went out there and, um, the artist ended up being a little sketch. <laughs> and so I, I like visited the commune it ended up being this like really weird ramshackle like thing behind a bunch of French buildings and like basically he showed this painting he was working on it was really beautiful and really kind of just kind of weird but you could tell he was like good at painting you know and but then he was like you know what happens here stays here and he's like <laughs> your morals and your um I can't remember what your morals at the door and pick them up when you leave. And so I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I decided not to do that. I had a really bad feeling about that. Yeah. Yeah. You made it out alive, Michelle. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't do it. And I ended up just um, getting a, a part-time nanny job and staying there just for a few more months before I came back but um it was a really like pivotal moment for me in my uh the direction that my art would go because there was an area of Paris that I loved Belleville and it was an arrondissement and it's, and it's just like it's it was just so um it's a little bit, it was, I don't know, I don't think it's very much like this anymore. I think it's become quite gentrified, actually. But when I was there, it was, uh, felt super international. And it had, you know, a lot of Asian cultures, and African cultures, and that were very apparent in the storefronts. And <clears throat> I remember going into this one uh, Chinese store, and I couldn't remember the name, the <laughs> like one of the words for something and so I used French and Chinese to speak with this lady and she understood me 
And I just thought that was so cool. And so uh, it's pretty cool. But yeah, just like oh, it just felt it felt very it just neat, you know. And so um I came back to the and you know, I I was like, I, I really that that I, I became obsessed with Paris. Um I mean it always had been, but like just wanting to go back and so I I ended up um starting up my brand name uh my little belleville and so mainly because i just wanted like a a little you know because i was so i loved it so much i had such a good experience there i wanted to um kind of take that with me wherever i went so um do you guys you i know i'm this is kind of a long intro no this is great (laughs) no this is far more fascinating than what we usually Talk about. <laughs> Matt, though part of the podcast, isn't a huge fan of the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway. No, no. Yeah, I guess. Okay, this is this is great. So, my little Belleville, um, and and is that so? You've already said you you worked as an illustrator, brief, you know, for Deseret, you know, Deseret News, getting your things, your your yeah. art published. But yes. my little Belleville, what what did you start when you said you got your your brand name? What were you starting with there? So I started painting on ceramics, first of all. Um, I found this special paint that you could, you could actually like um, set in your oven. And so it was be- would become like durable. And I, became, I began to just illustrate plates and like dishware and just like all of these different types of, you know, things that, you know, you kind of utilitarian objects, mostly ceramics. Um, and it was just a fun medium and a fun surface to just draw on and so and to paint on. And so I, you know, and I would I would put French words and illustrations and, you know, do kind of, um, you know, and I put Chinese characters and just, you know, it was kind of just a very fun time for me to just explore and just experiment with all of these, you know, different ideas I had. So um, I started to sell at markets. I started putting stuff on Etsy. And um, that's when I, I started my Etsy store uh, and started putting a ceramics on there and they kind of, you know, took off. And so I, I you know, found it really fun and um, I kept going with it. And, and then I met my husband and we got married and um, I opened up a, a studio uh, where I, that's where I started to again develop my style a little bit more and it was in this it was in the Bamberger mansion which was the old uh mayor's uh governor's mansion it's on 100 100 south and it's a historical building and it was like 200 dollars a month to have a studio space and I like ripped out this gross carpet in there and like painted the floor red and just like it was a cool space it was very, that was very fun. Cool. so so yeah that's kind of where the brand started and i started branching out from there and just doing a lot of different uh products from from oh so i mean you started describing the process but how did you feel go i mean because you started as an artist as an illustrator mm-hmm. and then you said you started selling at markets starting etsy like there's a lot more involved right in in um starting a brand and doing that um mm-hmm. what was that process like for you i mean i guess did you was it natural did it did you feel like um you wanted to do that or you just wanted to do the art and have someone else sell it i mean what did uh how did that feel to you i felt um so i really didn't know what i was doing but i i've always been good at selling like like i would sell stuff on ebay all the time and like I feel like I was good at selling things. I could, I could uh, market it well. I could write, I'm, I'm, I'm a good writer, so I could always write a good, you know, some good content. Um, and I always, I also will be honest, like when I lived in, so I grew up in China and I was obsessed with going to the markets there. So I will say I am a very good shopper too. And so I think I have a good eye as far as like what I you know, what sells. And so that 
I think helped me, but again, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a business background. I didn't have, um, so I will say also that, uh, at a market called Renegade in Chicago, I met the buyers from anthropology and they looked at my stuff and they're like, Oh, this is great. Do you have a catalog that you could, you know, send us? And I was like, uh, yeah, I have a catalog. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I made one really quick and I sent it to them and then they, um, you know, bought a bunch of my ceramics. And I, at the time I had been getting them printed locally, so I didn't have to like hand paint everything. Um, But that was super exciting. Uh, At the time, you know, looking back at that, I would have done a bunch of things differently, Uh, charged more for them for sure. And also uh, would have been better about keeping in contact with them as far as like, oh, like, how are these selling? You know, like I wasn't very Mm. demonstrative as far as like that, because I felt kind of shy and intimidated at that point, because it was like probably a year in to actually, you know, doing these. Uh, I'd imagine that's a feeling that a lot of uh, artists kind of, have to feel when they're first starting being, you know, being an entrepreneur, trying to do your own business is a little bit of intimidation factor. Um, be pretty natural. Yeah. I think it's hard for artists to, to price their themselves, uh, appropriately. You know, I think it's like, Oh, this comes so naturally to me, or it's like so personal, like, Oh, just have it for free or just, you know, like, Yeah, I mean, I think it's good and every artist goes through that. But at some point, you know, you have to be like, okay, well, this is my living. And like, I've invested time and money into learning. And, you know, I, I feel now I've gotten over that, thankfully. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you've got, um, uh, I've got, I guess, like one or two technical questions before we continue with your story and and talk a little bit more about what my little, little Belleville became and what it is now. Um, but, um, I, just for my, this, the podcast is learn it from a layman and I am the layman. Uh, so you, what, so what's the difference between an artist and a designer, or is that like the, the same thing and which one are you? Um, yeah, I, I saw that question and I, to be honest, I think I'm a little of both. Although I remember when I was, so years later, after this anthropology thing, I actually got a job working as a designer for anthropology at their headquarters in uh, Philly. And um, I was hired as a designer. And my manager, I remember her saying like, oh, you know what, you, your brain is a little bit more like the textile team, which they were a bunch of artists, not so much designers. And designers, I would say, are more technical more able to think of things, you know, in measurements and more, a little more analytical. Uh, and so I think I'm a wannabe, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've learned, I want to be, but I've learned to become a designer. Does that make sense? <laughs> so yeah. I think naturally I'm an artist, but I think I've also really, really enjoyed the, like honing the skills of a designer. So like for like now I'm able to, um, cause I've worked for other companies too, like, um, Hallmark and I worked for, uh, this baby shoe company called Freshly Picked and I was a senior designer for them for, it was a short time, but, um, you know, with all of these, all of these different jobs I've had, I've really learned how to, you know, make tech packs and, you know, take a, product like a backpack or like a pair of shoes or you know a vase and like just do like a very general shape and then take artwork and place it on it and you know describe it in a way that factories and vendors can actually uh read it and understand and make it in a 3d form okay i feel like an artist is someone who's like just not as organized (laughs) (laughs) more kind of like oh i'm i have this idea i'm just gonna like just a little a little bit more abstract and there perhaps okay okay so um that would uh that make that makes sense to me and i i it also like you said 
I, I guess my next question then is going from an artist, Michelle, like where that you feel like that was like your natural place. Mm -hmm. um, uh, going to trying to become a designer, trying to become an entrepreneur, um, that creative side of you, do you feel like that's uh, hampered at all? Do you feel like you want more creative time or um, what does that look like as, as you kind of toe that line between designer and entrepreneur and artist? So. I would say that I don't like a very small percentage of my time right now is devoted to designing because I am doing all of the other things that involve, you know, like the logistical parts of running a business. Um, you know, there's the orders, there's keeping up to date on my listings and my inventory and making sure that, um, you know, there it's all like running smoothly and then I'm getting back to customers. And so, uh, you know, but I, I've also been, I try to educate myself as far as like, you know, becoming a little business savvy, because I, I do think that I'm not, my, my greatest strength is obviously not business, but I, and I've come to accept that. I'm like, okay, well, that's like, it's fine. I don't need to be, you know. So, I mean, at some point, I would like to hand it off to someone who is, you know, maybe it has an MBA or, uh, you know, has that part down. Um, but I feel like, you know, a lot of it I've learned along the way and I've learned incrementally and it hasn't been like an all of, you know, like I, I feel like I do try my best to learn and grow as much as I can with, you know, every aspect. And I also feel like I've learned to ask for help. And for example, I've, I'm opening a store now um, in Salt Lake and it's going to be at Trolley Square if there's anyone listening who wants to visit. Um, We've got some Utah listeners. Yeah, go go visit. Uh, what what? So it's the name of the store is My Little Belleville. Yep, it's My Little Belleville. It's across from Rodigio Grill, so it's upstairs. Um, it uh, looks like a little house, and it's really cute, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, the facade, anyway, it's really nice. It's really like a very cool uh, outside. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't remember. Anyway, all I'm saying is um, I think that I've had to ask for help and um, I do have two employees now, uh, most three actually, and it's been really, really nice to hand off some of those things like packaging orders and, you know, organizing inventory, that kind of stuff um, to someone else. And so I can focus on the things I am good at. So I think that's something I've had to learn and I uh I kind of have had I've had some really great mentors and people who have like been helping me along the way you know so it's all it's I'm still in the process of learning I'm still in the process of you know organizing making sure that it's um being the most uh productive you know yeah that's great um yeah, I'd say asking for help is a big part of, I'm sure, growing from your 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 basic skill set to what you know the company that you've got. You've got to be able to, you know, network and bring people in. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, for a, I'm a software engineer now, Michelle, and I don't have a lot of creative time or or really ability anymore. I feel like very much. Uh, so with. <laughs> What is your creative process? I want to know a little bit about what, you know, when you, is it like you wake up at night and all of a sudden you're like, I know what, I, I've got to create this thing or, you know, what, what do you do? <laughs> um, so now with my like background working for Anthro, Hallmark, Freshly Picked, and also I did a lot of freelance too, years and years of freelance. Um, I feel like my, um, my process is a little bit more uh, honed in now. I feel like I do a lot of research as to, uh, you know, trends. And um, right now I, I produce a lot of, I do a lot of clothing and jumpsuits. Those are like my best sellers. 
and now I'm starting to kind of branch out into um, you know garden and uh, I do um, you know just more clothing items but uh, so my process is basically like I go to I think I think about the products I have that are like my best sellers and then I try to either pair products with those or continue to design within the product that is doing well. Uh, so, you know, like I have, I have quite high priced items that, you know, are, that sell well. And then I have, you know, I, I do have a, a customer that is willing to pay, you know, $200 for, you know, a jumpsuit or like a painted piece of jewelry or, you know, something like that. Or I have, you know, another customer that, you know, maybe their budget's like 20 or like $30, you know, and then they can buy a t-shirt that I've designed or a bag or some gardening gloves, you know? So I, I feel like I'm a little strategic in the way that I, um, I design now. So I do a lot of you know, kind of inspirational research. I love Pinterest. I go in there all the time and make little secret boards, you know, for myself. And um, then I'll kind of, you know, come up with ideas by just sketching or I use a lot of ink, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, um, come, you know, just sketch out things, sketch out ideas. Uh, and then I will also use my iPad for, I have, you know, procreate and we'll use my little Apple pencil to draw as well. And um, initially I'll, you know, just come up with patterns uh, that I like for all over patterns for, you know, my jumpsuits or bags or, um, and then some of my like t-shirts or sweatshirts, I'll just come up with, you know, a block, you know, like a solid illustration for the front or back. And um I, I'm still, I'm still kind of getting used to like coming up with like full collections, you know, because it's for me, that's where the artistic part of me is still is. It's not the, I'm not most like designer minded when it comes to that. I'm more like, oh, I love this and I love this and I love this. So I'm just gonna make all of it and <laughs> will be my collection, you know? And so it's kind of fun to do that. You know, it's a bit, um, right. like, I feel like it does come together, but um, anyway, it that's when it's really fun when I can just you know right. start doing that. But that's kind of my so it, yeah. So it sounds like your I mean your practical pragmatic side realizes that there's a way to make a successful business, and you can use your designers your artistic skills in a way. But uh, but you you got to hone in that way. You've got to like figure out what's going to sell, what what's going to move, and mm -hmm. then every once in a while you. Um, you give yourself a little free reign as far as uh, getting to do whatever you want to do. Yes. Yeah. Cause I mean, I have, like I said, different customers. Uh, I have a customer who likes the weird like illustrations that I do. <laughs> and so I can put that on a t-shirt and usually it sells cause it's like, you know, they like it. And then I have a, a more sophisticated customer who, you know, they, they like the weird illustrations, but they are more, uh, you know, they maybe want something that's like, you know, a jumpsuit or a dress or something that's like more fitted or just has a different kind of, you know, aesthetic. So I've been figuring that out. It's, it's fun. Okay. Nice. Uh, I just wanted to check with Matt. Matt, that's got to be your creative process as well, I believe, right? Um. I don't work in a field where we deal with creativity. <laughs> we don't believe in creativity. Right then we're afraid of it. <laughs> well, it probably endanger lives, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. We we. So, in all seriousness, there is a lot of inspiration and a lot of, uh, you know, ideas that happen. Um, it's quite a bit different and a lot of it is is grounded in you know it's not necessarily like thinking outside of boxes or anything like that it's knowing all of the boundaries of the box and how to operate within it mm -hmm. so and maybe you see some of that as well i mean with the research that you do in in trends and what's likely to 
sell or be marketable i you know it's not quite it I, I imagine that is kind of like defining the boundaries of where you want to operate yeah i think so i think it also is like i mean part of design is being a good designer i think is taking all of those kind of uh statistics and you know those kind of more I, I don't know is it left side of the brain right side left side where you're the, the analytical you're, logical stuff yeah where you like you know you're like okay like you gotta design into these categories and they need to be products that actually people give to kind of think like your customer too you know so whether or not i think i think part of working for a company that felt limiting to me is that I couldn't, I had to think more like that unless as to like, Oh, I really like this design. I, I think it'll do so well. And like, or, or like, I think it'll be really strong and you know, the buyers would drop a lot of stuff, you know, like, you know, in, in these certain companies, they'd be like, no, it's not going to sell. The customer doesn't like that. We have to do this, you know? So it's not always so exciting uh, as you might want it to be. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of exciting, I, I want to know, what was your first, first big success? I mean, you've mentioned a couple different things in your life that, that, that seemed to be big kind of turning points. But what was your first, for My Little Belleville, what was it that you feel like really started turning the needle, you know, started really drawing interest? So I would say that big anthro order was that was a huge huge deal because i you know at the time i had just been selling to customers and in markets and you know once i they found they found my stuff and were wanting to buy it i was like oh this is so awesome it felt like really special and like i had kind of i don't, it just made me feel validated you know like oh i've been working toward like i I'm an artist, I'm doing this, and like, you know, this big company likes my stuff, and it felt really good. Um, I had also done some illustration work that was featured in a Forbes article that was like my very, very first, um, like huge, you know, deal for me, you know, as an illustrator, um, that was a- Was that right out of- was that was that right out of college or when when, when was that? It was about a year um, out of college, and I I met up with this writer in New York when I was in New York City, um, just visiting. And she's like, "Oh, let's meet. I want to talk to you about this idea I have for a story." And so that was that was cool. And I was so and I remember being so scared and be like, "Okay, I'll do whatever you want," <laughs> you know, because she's like, "It's for Forbes," and I was like, "Okay." Okay, you just, you know, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so you've said a couple, to, uh, marketing and uh, networking as an artist have to be super important, right? Um, what do you recommend? Like what, um, what, what, mark, what shows, what, I mean, what, what works, what worked for you? What, what do you see working? So I feel like I joined the social media scene when, uh, it was very young. And so in that way, I feel like I was able to get, you know, cause I had a good, I have a good Pinterest following. I have a good, um, Instagram following and I feel like it was really important for me to just keep putting my art in front of my, you know, an audience. And I, again, I don't think that's like a very natural thing for artists to, want to do you know because a lot of art is very personal or it's like you just don't want people to criticize it you know and so I just remember being like I, I don't feel this anymore because I don't care anymore but like in the beginning like okay I'm gonna post this are people gonna like it oh my gosh no no post <laughs> you know and if I didn't get enough likes or whatever I'd be like oh I'm just not good enough you know just like mm. anyway mm. but I do think that it's uh, it is it is hard to put your stuff out there, but quite I was I was a very ambitious, maybe overly confident like 
college, like college student and also post-college student because I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to just, I, I, I guess I had a lot of chutzpah and <laughs> that's a good so thing. <laughs> I, I did, um, I did, you know, and I, and because of that, I did fail a lot too. I remember taking this job. Uh, I was still in college and I, this is before I knew how to do Photoshop. Um, and this guy was like, I have this company that I need a logo for. I had never done a logo before. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And like, he showed me, you know, he sent me a bunch of, you know, the stuff that he wanted me to do. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to do <laughs> like terror I like tried to use like Photoshop or some or not photo even Photoshop I think I used just some random thing to try to make it look digital it was bad it was so bad and they're like we're sorry this is not gonna work and so I was like oh, okay <laughs> so I've come a long long way in that regard um but yeah marketing so sorry it's a very long answer to your question but um no I think that what you said right there is super important probably for a lot of artists or, or aspiring artists to hear is that like it's like you'll fail sometimes and that's okay you just you know keep keep yourself going like keep keep your confidence up keep putting yourself out there yeah I don't think uh, I think when I failed I would feel really bad you know I'm not going to say I didn't feel bad <laughs> like I would just be like oh my gosh I can't believe that happened and I, but I would just try to kind of push through it and just be like, okay, 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 it'll be fine. You know, I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's important to keep on going and just, you know, just forgive yourself. <laughs> and, you know, like it's, but um, nice. yeah, yeah, I, I can say okay. a lot about, about marketing just, uh, but I, I would say making sure that you're seen on social media and also, you know, in person too, it's good to, if you don't know exactly what you want to focus on as an artist, I think um, it's good to just explore and try out different things. And I think eventually it works out because you start to focus on the things that you're good at and that you actually enjoy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a nice insight. Um, I wanted to ask, okay. you kind of uh, started to touch on it when you talked about getting that whole left brain engaged. Are there aspects of formal like education that you found particularly valuable in your artistic entrepreneurship or that you wish you had had more of? And I think you've kind of hit or, or like, you know, obliquely touched on some of them, but I'm just wondering if there was anything specific or special where you look at it and think, I wish I'd had a class on that, or thank goodness I had a class on that. Um, I would say, so I went to BYU. I do think they, the illustration program is excellent there. Uh, I actually, I learned how to draw really well there, which was huge uh, as far as you know, making me, I think, a good artist as well as a good designer, because designers are usually excellent uh, renderers. Um, and it's very helpful to be able to draw, just sketch out something, an idea or, you know, um, you know anyways, but so that that's one thing I feel like was great. Uh, they did have business classes. I don't think it was as focused uh, of a business class as I, I should have probably had. Um, mostly it just kind of covered like, oh, what you can use your illustrations for, you know, as far as books or um, magazines. But it, it was a lot of, it, this was right before everything became digital. And now like I, I went and I spoke at BYU um, to an illustration class um, and they, you know, they're all on iPads now and they all have like procreate and it's amazing. And I'm so jealous because I did, I had to learn all of that on my own. And also, you know, through, you know, I took some classes at, you know, community colleges to learn Adobe, uh, you know, software and creative software. So 
uh, I wish I had had that. That is what I wish I had had because it, it is hard to learn those things uh, on your own. But now I know them really well. so you're saying that i i'm because i I don't i I don't know like i said i'm generally just a layman about all these things but i'd imagine that a lot of aspiring artists might think that a you know college class college degree or whatever in illustration or art might not have a lot of value if you just have you know good ideas but you're saying there is value in learning the tools and learning like what what works um and, and how to create those things right yeah, I mean, I think um, I needed to go to school to become the best artist I could be because I don't think I could have pushed myself on my own. Um, and I, I, I think that I definitely have met artists who are incredibly self-driven in that way. Um, I feel like I'm self-driven now, but I have had that background, right? So I'm like able to push myself in certain ways now. Um, but as far as skill set, I really felt like a college degree was really, really valuable for me. And I, I feel like, isn't there this, there's a, a quote, maybe it's not even a quote, but I rem- I think Picasso said something like, you need to learn the rules to, in order to break them. Um, and I feel like that is definitely a valid thing as far as art goes, you know, right. because he, he was an excellent painter, a realist painter, and then he just started doing his own thing, you know, and people responded to it because it had this um, context, you know, like you could, there was just, you, there was something about his paintings, you're like, you know, and then later you find out he actually can paint a person normally, <laughs> you know? And, right. <laughs> but, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, a couple more questions then about uh, about your business. So you said you're opening a store, like a, yeah. a brick and mortar. What yeah. uh, what was the impetus behind that? What what made you consider that necessary? So um, quite honestly, I needed a space for a lot of my product because um, I have a studio here in my my house, and it was just full of my stuff. <laughs> my my product and it was getting crazy. So I first, that's one thing. Um, I needed a spot where I could, you know, store my, my products and, you know, show almost have like a showroom type thing and also have a fulfillment area where I could, um, package orders where my employees could package orders. So that was a big thing because I, I had gotten to a point in my business. So I, I had a assistant, Carrie Jo, and she's amazing. She's now my wholesale manager. Um, that's another part of my business. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've touched on. Um, but anyway, so that's another way that I, that's another way I make money. Um, there is, I, I needed to have like a way to uh, kind of grow, you know, and, move some of the you know busy work from my plate and give it to someone else and so that was part of it Uh, I also have been thinking about a store for probably like five years I have I've just always maybe even longer I've, I've always wanted to have a store but I just never felt like it was the right time or I hadn't been making you know the money that I and that I'm now making and uh, I feel like it was sustainable, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. When is the, the date that you're opening? Uh, October 14th. Is so that sounds 14th. like a really good piece of advice, by the way, for an aspiring entrepreneur is don't go out and open a store before you're able to sustain the thing. <laughs> yes, please be aware of that I guess but who knows you know like we'll see how this one does <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean even now in any time you you do something like this you're inviting or, or rather accepting a significant risk but mm-hmm. I mean just talking to you the the way that you talk about it you've indicated that you didn't blindly jump into that 
you this was a risk that you thought about took calculated um consideration for mm -hmm. and have you know kind of you know tailored your approach based around that risk mm -hmm. yeah which is a good thing for an entrepreneur to do i would suggest it's a good thing all the aspiring entrepreneurs are listening to this podcast so they can get that knowledge well i do think if you had talked to me like i started i don't know 11 years ago um if i had opened a store then think it would have been closed by now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I was ready then. I feel I feel ready now. And I feel like, again, a lot of the stuff I've learned over the years has gotten me to this point. I have had lots of, uh, you know, I've managed people, I've been managed, and, you know, I have liked certain managers, I have disliked certain managers, I've liked certain companies, I've disliked certain companies. So I hopefully am building a company that is what I want, <laughs> knock on wood, <laughs> and how I like, you know, how, I, I just want to, anyway, I, I, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I, I do feel that uh, I am... I am ready to do it, so. Nice, good. Um, okay, I think two more questions, Michelle. Um, your team, so you, you have employees, you've already mentioned that, um, and, and so maybe you wanna to speak to that as well, but just what is, um, do, you, do you have people that you normally collaborate with? Do you have, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what, is your, what are your business relationships and, and what are, I guess, what, what's the most important uh, part in that, that uh, collaboration? So um, I have worked with a lot of different people over the years. Uh, when I started manufacturing my clothing, so it was, I, I worked with this one company that basically had all of these uh, clothing items they had pre-made, or not pre-made, but they designed it. You know, they had like uh, dresses and, you know, tote bags and, uh, they had like a, a onesie jumpsuit thing and they had hats and shorts and button-up blouses and you could actually take your your textile print send it to them and then they could they would make that piece with your pattern on it and so i it was really fun and they actually would you could actually just get one piece made you know for um a little bit higher of a price but um it was a fun, a fun way for me to just experiment with my my illustrations and my illustrated patterns. So, and I started doing that, and you know, that's my my illustrated clothing started kind of taking off. This was back in when I was living in London, and when I got back from London and living in Philly. Um, so, anyway. I started kind of having, I kind of had a problem with not real, really knowing how my clothing was being made, um, not using, you know, sustainable uh, fabrics. Um, just, I was really, did not have any clue as to this company, you know? And so um, I worked with them for a while and then I realized, so they, they would work with a lot of other artists as well. But it turns out I was supposed to be getting royalties for like three years and they hadn't been paying any of their artists and they paid me like $300. Basically, basically they were like stealing my designs and selling them on the side. Um, oh and so they did this to a lot of different artists and it was, it was very bad practice, obviously. Um, but, it, you know, a big learning, learning experience for me um you know they so anyway so it made me really want to find a trustworthy uh vendor and you know a factory and also be really um aware of how my product is being made and being really aware just very involved in you know that process and so i work with a lot of um, I'm sorry, this is so long. I'm not trying to like. No, this is great. Um, but anyway, so so I I started 
researching uh, different vendors, but I wanted to do small batch because I'm very aware of how fashion is so wasteful. It's one of the, it's probably number one, one of the worst like industries as far as waste goes, um, you know, because there's a lot of fast fashion out there. People go through clothing, you know, it's all made from polyester and like just really, really crappy quality so uh anyway so i i found this wonderful lady um her name's melanie DeSalvo. she has her own company and she basically uh helps facilitate the manufacturing of your brand uh through her factory in india um in jaipur and she has worked with this factory to minimize waste. They use azo um, free inks, which is, you know, chemical free inks. And it's just a lovely factory that she has been, you know, working with closely for years. She used to work for like Walmart and some of these, some bigger companies. And she just like got so sick of the waste and the, the processes that they went through to make things. So, um, Anyway, she makes my jumpsuits. She makes, uh, and I'm in the in. Um, I'm doing a bunch of new stuff with her this coming year. But I, again, you know, my stuff is very small batch. I, I also work with a company in India that do ceramics. I work with a wonderful lady, um, Natsuko, who she, you know, facilitates manufacturing within China. Uh, again, all of my stuff is small batch and as sustainable as possible. And as you know, sustainable meaning locally sourced, uh, also as you know, 100% cotton, um, you know, stuff that, you know, isn't fake or plastic or, you know, or I use a lot of recycled materials as well. So uh, it is important to, I would say, um, just try to build a good trustworthy relationship with the people that you are making your stuff, you know, and it's mm. so hard to know if they are trustworthy or not, but I think you can kind of feel it from the beginning. Yeah, okay. That's great. Um, yeah. That's a, sounds like quite uh, a, I mean, you've, you've had international experience throughout your life. It sounds like this, this process of, of finding good business partners or vendors or whatever they might be, it takes, I mean, you sounds like you all around the world. Um, and, uh, that, that could probably be daunting for some people. Um, I guess probably less daunting for you. Well, I, I, I was thinking about, uh, I, I'm, I, feel like my experiences abroad have made me less afraid of, uh, you know, being branching out internationally. You know, I, I do talk to a lot of artists here locally in Salt Lake who are like, oh, yeah, like I don't ship internationally. You know, that is too much bother or that I don't know how that works, you know, or um, and there is a learning curve when it comes to international shipping and you know, also traveling, but, um, I have had a lot of, uh, experience traveling and so I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, last, so that's, last... Uh, that's another entrepreneurial tip. Travel internationally, preferably <laughs> with one-way tickets. <laughs> <laughs> one way and no way back. <laughs> <laughs> This is not an actual entrepreneurial ship. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Last thing then, Michelle. So we've got aspiring, I mean, we've got kids listen to us in college and, and some coming just out of college. If you were t looking at yourself, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, and uh, what would be your main pieces of advice? What are the main things that, that you'd uh, advise, you know, your, entre your aspiring entrepreneur, artist, designer to, to think about and, and do? I would say take, a, you know, take risks. I would say try as 
many things as you can when it comes to like your art, you know, if you are interested in ceramics, if you're interested in screen printing, if you're interested in, you know, if you're interested in a lot of things, just do it all. And you, you know, you're, you've got time. Um, don't be afraid to mess up. Uh, do a lot of internships. Um, and let's see. I would, yeah. I mean, just try to learn and just know that you'll get where you want to be and don't worry. I would say, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like college, you know, like you just feel like a deer in the headlights. You're like, what do I do now? But I think it's very, um, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to listen to yourself. I would say, listen to your gut, you know, and just follow, you know, follow the intuition because everyone has it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. This has been great. I, uh, so once again, my little Belleville. So if they want to online, you've got your own website, um, mm -hmm. Etsy store, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yep. but if they live in Utah or, you know, any of the neighboring States, they can come down to your, uh, your opening. Uh, so uh, October 14th, I guess if there's any changes to that, we can give any updates on the, the podcast website, but, uh, October 14th, um, across from, wait, wait, where did you say it was? Across from Rodigio Grill in Trolley Square. It's upstairs across from Rodigio Grill. Okay. Well, right. uh, thank you. Website as well. So you don't have to, you know, I'm online as well. So mylittlebelleville.com. Mylittlebelleville.com. Awesome. Well, check it out. And Michelle, thank you. It's been great. We don't, uh, our, our forte generally on the podcast has been physics and calculus and, you know, <laughs> the the more boring side of human human existence so this has yeah, been a nice a change talking uh, about ophthalmology recently oh i was <laughs> you, you yeah you did just talk about ophthalmology <laughs> yes yes we may have had other relations of yours michelle yes. we've got uh, <laughs> my brother <laughs> brother your dad yeah exactly so we've got uh we've got to get the whole family on here um <laughs> you're the interesting ones <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. it's I, I it's fun to talk about it and to you know I think also just reflect on it I don't think I do that that much but it's nice to just and, and and I don't know if I if I have any any advice but I just I do really feel like I've had a lot of uh artists in my life that have have helped me through you know the hard parts and have taught me so much so i'm grateful to them so yeah well that's great and i appreciate uh, you and your experience and I, I hope the brick and mortar store goes super well and yeah i'm really grateful that you're able to come on and share the the insight with us so we'll sign off now and we'll be back again next podcast all right